0: Welcome to the Host a Pro podcast, where we interview the world's top e commerce experts and bring you their stories and lessons to help you grow your business. In today's episode of Host a Pro, I sat down with Brian Dean, a true expert in the world of SEO and backlinking. As founder of Backlinko and co founder of Exploding Topics, Brian has a wealth of knowledge to bring to the table. With smart insights and actionable strategies, he reveals the different ways that smaller e commerce companies can get their website up the ranking and compete with the bigger brands. I think you're really going to like this one. So sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 11th episode of Host Pro, where destructive influencers talk about e commerce marketing. Today, we have Brian Dean with us. Hey, Brian.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
2: Good, good good to be here
1: good to have you here um, amazing so today we're going to speak about link building for e-commerce sites, and you're going to, to hear about it from you know a person that really knows about his thing about the backlinks right <laughs> Brian is an SEO expert and the founder of Backlinko. And he's also the co-founder uh, of Exploding Topics um, he's has you know a lot of actionable strategies to sh- to share with you and We're looking forward to hear all about it. So, Brian, um, there isn't any, you know, bad timing to start SEO and backlinks, isn't it?
2: (laughs) No. And it's even if you're just starting out or whether you're already ranking, it's one of those things that can always help you. Like even now with Backlinko, which is my main site that has 30,000 linking root domains and hundreds of thousands of backlinks, I'm always still thinking about how can I get more? How can I get more? Because it just it makes a huge difference. And if you're just starting out, it's actually the best time to to get going because that's how you can get the ball rolling with your SEO, especially with the e-commerce site because most e-commerce sites, they're at first a collection of product and category pages. And that's about it. So in order to rank in Google, Google needs to see that you're a trustworthy site an authoritative site. And they do that mainly through backlinks. So if you're just starting out as an e-commerce site, and your SEO is important to you, link building should be one of the first things on your list. Once you get your site kind of ready, the next thing should be link building because your on-page SEO for an e-commerce site is relatively straightforward. You just need to optimize your category and product pages around keywords that people are searching for, and you're just that you're good to go. That's pretty much it. There's a technical SEO part of an e-commerce site. We need to make sure you don't have like too many pages indexed, which happens a lot. But as long as that's sort of in order and for most newer e-commerce sites, it's not an issue. Um, but after that, the next step of your SEO like campaign should really be focused on content and links and how those things can sort of interact. Um, so yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. That that's, that's one of the first things that should be a priority for an e-commerce site.
1: You know, a lot of e-commerce we see, uh, are kind of afraid because they're in a very competitive arena uh, and they're saying, hey, I, I'll, you know, I'll invest so much time and money on, you know, SEO and back things. And eventually there are so many, you know, fashion brands out there, nutrition brands out there. How, how could I, you know, expect to be somewhere you know, first on Google?
2: It's, it's a good point. Uh, and it's, there's some truth to that, that if you're coming in late, it's going to be a lot harder to compete in a, in a niche that's saturated. So one way around that, that doesn't really have to do with link building directly is to target trending keywords and trending products. Um, Whether you are a reseller or whatever, doing drop shipping, if you can target trending keywords, they're way less competitive. And you don't even have to necessarily create products around them because if you are an e-commerce site and you run a blog, which I definitely recommend that most e-commerce sites have, you can target keywords that your customers are searching for when they're not searching for what you sell. So let's say you sell supplements. I, obviously, it'd be perfect if someone searched for whey protein powder, you were number one, and then they clicked on it. But for most small e-commerce sites, it's never going to happen. Those are like million-dollar keywords that people have spent years building up. And it's the GNCs and the bodybuilding.com, like the massive e-commerce sites are always going to rank number one for that. But for like fish collagen, marine collagen, those are newer keywords. They're not as competitive. They're trending up. And, that, and you don't need as many links to rank for them. So that's actually why one of the reasons we create Exploding Topics is that those things were generally kind of hard to find. Because you could go on Google Trends and you still can. Google Trends is great if you want to see how a trend is. So if you, you have a product in mind or a topic in mind, you're like, mm, let me see you know, how this is trending. Google Trends is great. But it's hard to like just get these things sort of bubbled up. So that's why we create Exploding Topics. A lot of e-commerce brands use it smaller e-commerce brands because they realize like i want to rank number one for whey protein powder they go out there realize they're still on page like 1000 and they think well how, what can i do and no and even if you executed everything perfectly it's just one of those keywords you just got to say it's never gonna it's just not worth the, the time yeah. but if you go after one of these trending keywords that could be sort of a shortcut to get you to rank either your product pages if you have that product or content related to your niche
1: So how do you build this backlinks machine that is constantly running and constantly creating those links? What would be the best way to go about it?
2: So at first, it it usually isn't a machine on the first day. Uh, Then you can start creating a machine. So I'll tell you the two-step process that I recommend for creating the machine. The first is you need to have something on your site that people want to link to. That's the tricky part because if you're just an e-commerce site with, like I said, that collection of product and category pages, unless you're selling something really interesting, no one will link to that based on just product and category pages. So if you're, if you're a supplement e-commerce site and you sell collagen, whey protein, creatine, vitamins, zinc, why would anyone link to that site? Not to say your site doesn't have merit, like it could be a great supplement site, it could be great, you have great customer support, you have great shipping, you have better products than everyone else, but it doesn't mean someone's going to be compelled to link to it. So you have to create something usually on your site specifically for getting links. And one of the best ways to do that is something I call a power page, which is basically a piece of content in your niche that is just 10 times better than anything else out there. A hundred times better. It's this insane piece of content that just grabs people's attention, gets their eyeballs and be like, wow, this is something really amazing that I've never seen before. And that, in my experience, is much more effective than publishing like a generic blog post every week. Um, it's something that will help you stand out in the early days. And then if you go and promote that piece of content, you can get some links to it because it's really something that's worthwhile, something people will link to. And if you send targeted emails that are actually personalized, you can get some links. And it's a grind. Trust me to do that. It's a super, mm-hmm. it's a super grind. Yeah. But once you get those first couple links, you start getting the ball rolling. And then you can start creating pieces of content on your site that are also engineered to get links, but they'll start to rank organically. And you don't have to do as much of that grindy outreach, emailing 100 people to get 10 links or to get eight links, which is kind of the reality of the situation. That's even if you're very good. Um, So but the good thing is you don't have to do that forever. You don't have to do that once and then you're on the right track.
1: So those power pages you're speaking about, it's really hard to know in advance what, you know, which page on your, of your content will be a power page, right? From you know, in my experience, we have one, you know, on our side and it's like, you know, accidentally actually happened to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, how do you it, identify exactly what should you invest in?
2: It's a good point. The same things happen to me. I have pages that I think are going to crush and they totally fail. And then I have some that are like, Oh, this is just okay. And it takes off. And part of it is just luck. Like, it, you know, you share it that day, someone who's influential sees it, they share it, or it, someone in the organization, they share it with all their colleagues, or whatever. Part of it is just luck. But I think part of it is a topic itself. If you nail the topic, everything else is easier. So if it's something that already is like people are already discussing and people are already talking about, it's much more likely to get traction than an older topic. So for example, a couple of years ago, um, we did an industry study about voice search when voice search is blowing up. This is probably 2018. And yeah, the study was well done, but it did much better than I expected because we're already kind of riding a wave that existed already. So if you have your finger on the pulse in your niche, that's the first thing I would look at is a topic because what a lot of people do, is they, I've seen this a million times, people send me their content all the time for feedback. Oh, I just created this this great page. And a lot of times the content is amazing. It's really good. It's at that bar that it needs to be at or higher. The problem is it's not a topic that's just no one cares about or is just too generic. So in the supplement space, don't be like, oh, I created this like ultimate guide to bodybuilding, this ultimate guide to creatine. And yeah, the the content has merit and it's good, but there's already a million guides on creatine. There's already a million guides on bodybuilding. What's the next thing? What are people just talking about that's just starting to blow up that you can get into that conversation and be a part of it? So yeah, I would say for that—that's—that's that's, in my experience one of the main things that separates content that ends up doing well and doesn't, whether it's on a topic that's already growing in popularity and people are discussing.
1: Yeah. Um, what you know? What were the most creative ways you saw people used in order to create backlinks to build backlinks?
2: Um, I've seen people in the e-commerce space, especially, do sort of like. Uh, Thank you a so much where they will survey their customers usually if they're in a, in a niche and they'll publish the results. So I've seen some campaigns. You know, we, we asked uh, 100 Etsy sellers you know, all this stuff, and they could talk about how much money they make on Etsy, how, mu- how, much, uh, how many things they sell per month, what their usual commission is on Etsy. And it's, it's unique data that's really compelling that also bloggers and journalists love to share and link to. But it's also unique to you, like no one else could create that content. So it's creative in the sense that you're not just like, "Oh, what's the topic?" and I'll just write about it. You actually create something super unique. I've yes. also see, seen um, e-commerce sites create tools and widgets, which tend to work well if you can create something in your niche. Like, let's say you're in the supplement space, you could create a tool where someone can enter their weight, their like BMI, how much they, muscle they want to gain, and it could tell them how much creatine they should take a day. Um, but again, that's on an older topic, but you'd want to do this on something a bit newer. How much collagen should you take a day? You can give your weight, your age, your gender, and it could spit out how much collagen you're supposed to take per day. And these tools are surprisingly easy to get made. Like you can go at Upwork and get it for like a couple hundred bucks, way cheaper than a crazy power page. And a lot of times if, you, if it's useful, people will share it around naturally and link to it naturally when they're talking about these topics online. So you know, say someone's writing an article about collagen, And then they'll say, oh, if you want to know how much collagen you should take per day, check out this tool on this site. And that's a link back to your site, which can be really powerful. Now, ideally, those links, you want them to your product and category pages, but in most realistic cases, it's not going to happen. And that's that's also going to help you, though. Those links to those widgets, those power pages will help your product and category pages rank higher.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, from what you said, it's really about creating the things that are not generic, you know, putting a tool where people can learn about themselves, you know, getting an answer customized to them or seeing who am I relative, you know, through looking at a survey is very much not generic content, like, you know, the typical ultimate guide to etc, etc.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, the guides, I mean, they have their place, but they really have to hit on that trending topic, not necessarily trending, but like topic that people are really interested in right now. And like you said, if you go back and create an ultimate guide about something, the content itself could be amazing. That's one of the things that a lot of people miss that I missed in the early days when I was doing SEO, I create content and it wouldn't rank. And I would be like, it's so much better than what's out there. And it was, but it was on an old topic that no one really cared about anymore. And all the established players were ranking for it. So I really didn't have a chance. And then when I was like, "Oh, let me try some newer things and cover some more interesting angles," it worked a lot better. So yeah, that's a really good point that it's it can't be generic. If you're if you're if you're a huge player, if you already have a massive domain authority, you can probably get away with generic stuff and it will probably rank. But if you're smaller, you need to be a little scrappier, a little more It's like marketing. You just got to do something interesting to stand out.
1: Yeah, you need to be different, actually different. Yeah. <laughs> What would be, you know, your biggest tip uh, to an e-commerce brand that, you know, is starting to scale? They understand, you know, I can't just rely on uh, paid advertising. I really need to put, you know, more investment into SEO and backlinks. What would be the biggest tip you can give them?
2: Uh, the biggest tip would be to um, create uh, multiple resources that can get links on their own. So that's kind of the machine you were referring to earlier. So once you do that the widget, the power page, and you grind it out, you got some links, you were able to get links to your site, you're starting to to see the rankings improve. The next step is how you turn it into a machine, which is a really good question. And that's something I've thought a lot about lately. And I've built a machine recently for Backlinko that brings in hundreds of links every month automatically. And basically how it works is you need to rank for things that people that have data in them. So let's say for example, you created two pieces of content. One was an ultimate guide to marine collagen and it was amazing. And it ranked for all your keywords you wanted to rank for, how much collagen to take, best marine collagen, all that stuff. Then you have another page that is stats on marine collagen, how big the industry is, how many people take it, how it's growing. That second piece of content has the potential to get a lot more links than the first one because it has numbers that people can cite in their content. So what happens is when you create these collection of data you don't have to make create the data yourself but you have this collection of data journalists and bloggers when they're writing something will search for things like how many people take collagen uh, how much collagen should you take per day collagen industry size these are keywords that they're searching for as they're researching and writing their stuff and if you're the one that can get in front of them they're much they're going to link to you because you're the resource they found you and these keywords usually aren't super competitive because no one's really targeting them except for people that know about this so and I've actually seen recently people bidding on these keywords in AdWords. Like two or three years ago, no one even cared about these uh, keywords. Now I'm seeing a lot of them have like $3 cost per click for like, you know, marine collagen stats. Because some blogger knows if I get, it's worth three bucks a click in Google ads, if I can get someone to click and get some links out of it. It's way cheaper than paying an agency or whatever. So yeah, that, that would be my next step for the machine is putting out related content that jo- journalists and bloggers will see in sight. and that could be a self-perpetuating like virtuous cycle because they see your content your stats your list of stats your data they link to it it ranks higher more journalists see it they link to it and all of a sudden you get into this craziness where you're getting t- you have a link machine as you put it you have a machine that's just running all the time you don't have to do too much unless you want to scale up and publish more of this content so yeah, that would be my next strategy. Like you said, if someone's starting to see traction, they're starting to get going. My next step would be investigating these data pages that you can create.
1: Amazing! Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure, uh, and you know, so much tips and you know, building those uh, link machines or any kind of marketing machine. Obviously, you know, takes a lot of time and, and effort. And I think you know, e-commerce brand that listen to us right now. Uh, have have a long list <laughs> to go through uh, when starting off uh, that activity. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. No
2: uh, Thank and you. We'll see
0: you. Next time. <laughs>
2: yep. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Hoster Pro podcast. If you have any questions for our speakers or would like to learn more about Maple and our network of experts. visit our website at maple.com m-a-y-p-l-e.com feel free to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your community see you next time